we're living in a reality now that having a job and being on that hamster wheel is bringing us more and more financial pressure because wages haven't gone up mm. to balance. I don't know anyone whose wages have gone up 40% to oh, no. counteract no. No. all the, you know, all our living expenses that have mm. gone up. So it's it's a now a really interesting time that the old way can't continue because people are on the poverty line. Yeah. You are entering the Age Rebels Revolution. The intelligent podcast for over 40s who want to live their best life and defy your numbers. We are your hosts, Summer Bentley and Isaac Xavier. Come on in. Martin, your life journey has been truly exceptional. What led you down the path of mastering financial literacy and wealth creation? Very interesting question. I grew up in a very poor family with my mum having lots of very wealthy friends. And at a very young age, I realised that people that had money never spoke about it and they didn't have a negative attachment to it, where in our family we had no money and money was always spoken about but in a negative way and it always seemed to be a struggle. So I was aware very early on that different levels of wealth showed that people thought differently. So I was fascinated about why did people think differently? And then what I did is I ended up becoming an accountant, which was quite hilarious. So I thought, okay, I wanted to understand the rules so I could work them to my advantage and ultimately to my client's advantage. Nice. And at university, I took quite a few psychology subjects because this thread of why do people think differently was still really relevant. And when I first started working in the public accounting field, I was working at Deloitte, which was a big accounting firm in Melbourne, one of the big four. And I was working in the audit division, but I was assigned to the high wealth area. So I would go out to organisations like Smorgans and, you know, the the My Family and Mm -hmm. and a whole lot of different really wealthy people and I would sit at, you know, like a kitchen table and I'd do my work and I'm a chatty person and I used to always ask them how they thought about different things and I was quite astounded that they assumed they could succeed there was never the question that they couldn't. The assumption was if they decided they wanted to do something, it would work out. It's like think and grow rich, one of the principles Honestly, in that. exactly. Mm. And mm. for me, you know, growing up aware that wealthy people thought different to poor people, doing the psychology and understanding that, I got fascinated by mindset. And in those first, you know, I think it was one of the first year that I was working in that public accounting, I read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. Mm-hmm. And... The key thing was mindset. So I think that's where I really understood mindset. Obviously it was mindset early on, but I was that was not the you know the catchphrase that was bandied around back then. Mm-hmm. So I delved deeply into the mindset and why wealthy people thought differently. So I chose then that I wanted to bring to what I call the everyday hero the information that the wealthy people have access to because they've got the funds to pay for the knowledge. So they've got an amazing A-team. Mm. 
They have experts that they have on their team and they pay for it because they've got the funds to pay for it. But the everyday hero, one is not even aware. The key thing is you don't know what you don't know until someone points it out. So I chose that I wanted to bring that information, that skill, that knowledge, that expertise to the everyday hero. So that started me on my journey Mm. of, of that. Well, it's interesting to say that because when I had my personal training studio in early 90s, 90% of the clientele were Jewish and a fair amount of them were the Smorgans. And I found that they have this belief, but also part of it is we will never, ever let the Holocaust happen again. So we will look after each other and everyone brings each other up. Did you find that at all with the those sort of communities? In their community, they definitely did, but they didn't seem to have a lot of thought or awareness for the have-nots. And I noticed that there was a big divide. So I grew up in an environment where money was never there. And I think in my family, I'm one of like a very big family, 31 cousins, Two of us went to university and I'm the only one that is actually in my field of study. So of 31 cousins, wow. I'm the only university graduate that works in what they studied. Wow. So my family was yeah. not a family that education was a big thing. You worked hard. My mum worked two or three jobs. So, you know, it was a, a work hard mindset, not work smart, mm. where the wealthy worked smart. Was that a moment for you when you realised? Was that something that happened one day you just went, oh, they work smarter, not harder, or did you know that and then the evidence showed up? I think it's a little bit of both. I had an unconscious awareness and I was talking to a client one day. His father was in supermarkets in Victoria and they were very wealthy and owned a lot of real estate in Turak and South Yarra. And his dad had made him work for him for no pay. And he was quite young and he decided to go and buy a supermarket in the country and he went out and negotiated vendor financing. He put no money down and he paid the guy back within 12 months and then created his own chain of specialty supermarkets. That's clever. And when I spoke to him and I said, what made you think you could approach the guy that owned the supermarket and offer vendor financing? He said, because I knew I could turn it around. And that moment was pivotal in my mind because he had an innate belief that, of course, it would work out. And he'd come from money. His dad had worked him hard and didn't pay him for his time, but he learnt the game. He learnt the trade and he applied what he learned and created, you know, this this Mm. amazing result from a country supermarket that was, you know, not doing well to suddenly being super successful, created a chain and I've sort of kept track of it from afar and ultimately his dad bought his chain of supermarkets out. Wow. That's, yeah, that is a really profound realisation I guess and for me I'm getting that the vendor bought the certainty. Exactly, the confidence, that innate knowing that... He knew he could succeed, therefore the vendor believed that it was a done Mm. deal. And he did. He honoured it and he paid it back within his 12-month period. Mm. 
Wow. And I likened that to conversations that I would have at home with my mum. There was nothing about what we could achieve. It was always highlighted what we couldn't achieve. Mm, I can resonate. And all the restrictions. Totally. Yeah. Totally. You know, and a lot of those money is the root of all evil, evil, you know, those that have money must be in the mafia or something wrong. (laughs) You know, in Melbourne there was a big, you know, uh, community of organised crime. Yes. And they all had a lot of money and we were brought up that if you had a lot of money there was the, you know, the expectation that maybe it didn't come from the right source. Mm. You said before about working smarter. I know that's something that Tinker's taught me, is especially with regard to outsourcing. What, how would you define and what are some of the examples of working smarter that you've implemented? Well, I think what it goes back to is really getting into our heart and identifying what the dream is in our heart, first of all. Every one of us has a million-dollar idea, but no one really asks us or encourages us to tap into that aspect. So if we can tap into the dream and be game enough and have the courage to bring it out of our heart and make it a goal, that goal in mind assists us in working smarter. So we're not just on the hamster wheel, getting up, going to work, coming home, you know, sitting on the couch, watching TV, go to bed, get up, and it goes on and on. Mm. When we can tap into the dream and create a goal, it does something to our mind because we've activated the reticular activation system and that's where the whole mindset kicks in. So if we're focused on the goal and we are aware, the working smarter presents itself along the way. So many people have to have a foot in both camps. You've got to be an employee until you've got the, you know, the position that you can actually create your own business Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that you want to do, whatever that dream looks like. Often we've got to have a time where we've got a foot in both camps. Yeah. And that means that we've got to get out of our comfort zone and we've got to educate ourselves and we've got to be inspired and it's really a lot more work. We've got to be accountable for our own behaviour and our own choices. And when we can be accountable for our own behaviour and our own choices, it shifts the perspective in how we look at things. And we then become the creator and that's when the working smarter really comes into play because it's a strategic game we then play. It's no longer I'm thoughtless and I just exist and my life is only about having fun and working just so I've got the money to do my hobby. Your life becomes your hobby. Your life becomes your joy. Yeah. So I love that. If you love this podcast, tell your mum and your dad and your grandpa and your friends. I'm currently reading a book or listening to a book called The Hormone Trap and and although that talks about hormones, it's kind of relevant actually as you're talking. I'm thinking that's so relevant. But what she did talk about was more about our demographic that we lean into, which is 40 plus, but she's even talking 50 plus. And she's saying that many of us, male and female, we have all the hormone issues which makes us believe that life is over plus the social paradigms that life ends at 50 and you become invisible and there's no more purpose left and we're just waiting to die. But what I'm witnessing with you, and you will never 
meet an accountant that talks the way that you do and the way that you do and helps people the way that you do. It's so phenomenal. You're the best kept secret and I kind of want to keep you that so I don't miss out, but that's hyper selfish. Uh, But we really want to get it out there actually. But that's not true. That social paradigm, the ones you're 50 or in those years is not true. So I want to lean into that conversation that you're talking about, about finding that purpose. I feel like, and what this book also reiterated, was that is the best age you know so much more, you have so much more wisdom to be able to lead into the purpose and bring it to life and contribute that to the world. Are you experiencing that in your work with people, 40, 50, 60, that are doing that now? Totally. It's like we've done our apprenticeship of life. You know, in your 20s and 30s, you're all about being invincible and you're not thinking about the long term because long term doesn't mean anything. And then when you get into your 40s, it's like, okay, I know who I am. And, you know, if we think back to when our mums were 40, they were old. But this generation, you know, 40 or 50 is the new 30. Yeah. Because the social paradigms certainly are different. And I think what we need to really embrace is there is no time limit. The age of retirement, which in essence means death, is not relevant. It's how do we do what we're passionate about that inspires us every day, that we look forward to with joy and excitement every day of doing whatever it is we want. So there's no time. That's an illusion and that's a story. And the stories are the most powerful thing that keep us stuck and locked. So words and story are really the key that we need to listen to, one, within our own mind, but also with the people that we speak to. So if we don't like where we're going, listen to our story that's replaying in our head. Listen to the story that we tell other people. And if your life isn't going in the direction that you want it to go in, think about the story and change the story. It's really such a simple thing and it doesn't matter what age you are. Nowadays, we stay young for a really long time and, you know, you look at people that in their late 60s and a lot of them are amazing. So if you're in your 40s, you've still got a great life that you can play for at least another 20, 30, 40 years and wouldn't you rather do it doing what you love Mm -hmm. Instead of thinking, I've just got to keep working on this hamster wheel until retirement, the government keeps extending the age of retirement. No, they do. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's going to be probably 70 or 75 before you're retiring, but then you don't want to wait for the pension. We don't even know if the pension will be available. Do we trust that the government's going to provide for us, not based on history? So it's about self provide for self, understand how you can create your wealth, have an amazing life and do what you absolutely love and influence everybody else and and we live in then a wonderful planet. Yeah, you speak about um, doing what you love and I I find that because a lot of my clients are in the 40-plus range and this whole thing of retirement, it's like they don't, the really inspired ones, like I'm not, Retirement's like it's never been on my radar. When you really do what you love, you then you have knowledge and you share. 
and you're always contributing. So maybe you will sell a business and then not work as many hours, but still spread this knowledge and contribute it to the community. And that's because how many times you see people retire and then they just get bored, they get illnesses, they Mm, just go flat. You see that a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not, I don't feel it's natural because yeah, you might, and some people will go into volunteering work and things like that. They said, I don't need to get paid for it, but I still need to, to to contribute, to feel like I have purpose in this lifetime. Do you find that with people who are heading towards retirement? Well, what I've seen over the last, you know, 20 odd years, 25 plus years that I've been in the industry is people work to retirement and they think, right, now I'm going to not work. So they they stop work and they may go and play golf and they may go and do all these other things. And unfortunately, very common, they'll die Mm. because their purpose has gone. And that's, you know, a lot of the parents, they'll find that the dads will retire, the mums stay at home, wives live often many years longer than the men And it's really important for us to remember that retirement simply means maybe retiring from a job and creating wealth and that wealth that we create. So I liken it, um, I like analogies. So imagine a beautiful teacup. What we want to do is fill our own teacup and the overflow that goes into the saucer is what we share with everybody else. So we don't want to take away from ourselves. We want to be fulfilled, both love, money, all the things that wealth encompasses. It's not just about money. And by sharing from the overflow, we can impact other people in ways that we can't even comprehend. Mm. And I liken it to, you know, moving up the the chakras. So Everyone's in survival mode. We're in the, the sort of the base chakra mode. And once we move up to being in our solar plexus or our heart, it's about radiating out. And if we can radiate out, whether that's time, whether that's money, whether that's, you know, inspiration in, in whatever way, then you're contributing to a better world mm. and you're joyful because your cup is full. You're in your heart space. You're wanting to create a legacy. And legacy is not always about the money, but it's about the purpose and the impact that we want to create that is ongoing and beyond us, whether that be legacy for our immediate family, whether that be legacy for our community or a legacy that impacts the world doesn't really matter. There's no good, bad, right or wrong. It's just what lights us up. Mm. You spoke earlier about we don't know what we don't know until we come across the information or we seek the information. We need to have that inquiry, I suppose, that is there more than this. And I think a lot of people are living in an old social paradigm as opposed to the one that you're talking about where we are young for a really long time and a lot of people don't know how to take that leap into that new world. I'm wondering if you can highlight some of the most common mistakes that people over 40 usually make while they're building their wealth in that journey to what they consider is retirement, but really it's, as you just beautifully articulated, wealth creation opportunity. Do you know what's really funny? The amount of people that I see that they'll, in their 40s, be divorced Mm. and 
they've got wealth that they built up as a couple, you know, they may have children and then the husband and wife split and we have a scenario where the husband may have had to give, you know, half of his wealth away and the wife may have the wealth but she has no income earning capacity. So on both sides in our 40s, we find that there's an epidemic of people that suddenly feel like they're starting again. Mm. And it's a big challenge because they believe their life is over. Mm. But it's not. It's only just beginning. So, you know, you, you talk amongst your friends and people that you know and it's likely that there's someone that has gone through a divorce and the husbands begrudge the fact that they have to give, you know, 50, 60, 70% of their assets away to the wife. The wife has the assets but no income earning capacity because she's been the, you know, the wife that's been looking after the family. Mm. So we have this really difficult sort of time and it's all mindset. Both of them in their own way can use that as a springboard to get in touch with their passion, to get in touch with their purpose and create wealth and have an amazing life. So it's very common in in the 40s. Or, you know, they may have worked hard and played hard and travelled and done all sorts of things. So the old paradigm where we would get married, buy a house, pay our house off and then wait for the government to pay us for the rest of our lives so we retired, I don't think that that is a realistic paradigm anymore. Cost of living has gone up to a degree now that, you know, in the last couple of years especially, just Prices of groceries have gone up 40%. Oh, Electricity has oh, wow. gone up 40%. If, if mm. you're, you know, paying a mortgage, mortgages have doubled. And I expect that the interest rates will go to sort of about 8 or 9% and sit there for a while. And, you know, rents have gone up horrendously. Oh, yeah. So we're living in a reality now that having a job and being on that hamster wheel is bringing us more and more financial pressure because wages haven't gone up. To balance, I don't know anyone whose wages have gone up 40% to counteract all the, you know, all our living expenses that have Mm. gone up. So it's it's now a really interesting time that the old way can't continue because people are on the poverty line. Yeah. We really want to shift and, you know, as we were talking earlier offline, it's so important to understand how we think about something and to just shift the perspective because if we feel life happens to us we're not in control we feel disempowered and we feel that we're the victim and nobody wants to be called a victim Mm. but when we don't take control of our reality that's the position that we've put ourselves in So I really want to inspire people that it really makes no difference where you are right now, ever. Your past never defines your future. You are completely in control of everything that you do from this point forward. And then what we do is we shift our perspective, we shift the story that we tell ourselves and others, and then we move on to creating a reality that inspires us, that comes from our heart, and then is our purpose. That's the coolest answer. I had no idea what you were going to say in that and I expected something completely different, I think. But what I get from that is the biggest mistake they, that people are making is 
not there's this sitting in the loss as opposed to the springboard from separation that is available to them. Yeah. And they're also continuing to live from the past instead of recognizing the opportunity from this moment forward. Exactly. Right. Exactly. If you're ready to age young, discover the truth about accessing the fountain of youth and claiming your best ever health, check out our beautiful website at agerebels.com.au where you will find freebies, programs and more. And what advice would you give to people who are in that situation where it's like, wow, I've got to begin again. Like, for example, I've got a client who's, she's 65, she's in incredible shape. She's looked after herself really well and she's landed on the Gold Coast from up north and now she's starting to live her like best life and she's an artist Mm -hmm. but she's not really promoting herself but her artwork is beautiful. And so you can see, you know, like you spoke about before, do what you love and your passion. So what advice would you give to people who are on that precipice of that massive self-doubt on maybe I'm not really good at whatever it is, what advice would you give to someone to start to live their, their best life in that way? Well, I think the challenge with the Australian culture is, and I was actually on a call yesterday with somebody who's a coach and we were connecting and it was so beautiful to connect with someone that has a similar perspective. And he's from the US. And the biggest challenge with the Australian culture is that we don't see how amazing we are, myself included, Mm -hmm. and if we do happen to say something, there's someone that's very quick to then put us back in our our spot. Mm, And they take quite quite a lot of joy from that, don't they? They do. So that tall poppy syndrome is unique to Australia. So what we need to do is just get out of our own way and try and look at ourselves from a an observer perspective that we're looking at ourselves from an external point as someone else would look at us because we all are amazing and we can make money from what we love so your client has beautiful artwork mm. and for her that's an expression of her creativity and her passion and her purpose and she just needs to really Go into the heart space and ask herself, will this have a positive impact on people? And if you get past yourself and see how what you're doing can have a positive impact on other people, you're doing other people a disservice by not sharing that passion. Mm, So the minute we take it away from ourselves of, oh, who am I? Am I good enough? Am I worthy enough? Whatever the story is that we tell ourselves and shift the perspective and say, how can that positively impact or change someone else's life? Then it's no longer about us feeling small. Mm. It's about how can we quickly get as much of this out to positively impact as many people as possible. So honestly, it's Mm. the perspective shift. Yeah. Just, I liken it to a diamond, right? I love diamonds. Oh, who doesn't? And, you know, if you visualize a diamond, it's got 58 facets. We're just looking through one of those facets step left, step right, step up, step down, and look in a different facet, and you will see a completely different perspective. Mm. It's a moment choice. It's that simple. We think, you know, change is hard. 
it's that's rubbish. That's a story. Mm. What it is, in an instant you shift left or right, your perspective is different. You've made a choice. And then you're empowered to do something different because you can then positively impact somebody else. Yeah. The and what you're saying is brilliant because I read something the other day where the author said, if you look at what's actually stopping you and you, for example, for this client, Chris, you know, if you went to a, a gallery or you started putting stuff online, what's the worst thing that's going to happen to you? You know, if it, you get rejected, big deal. Or oh, no one buys yeah. anything, but yeah. it's yeah. no different to now because you exactly. don't have it out exactly. anyway. Nothing's yeah. changed. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Nothing's you've, different. And you've, and you've just got more information, go again. So I find that that was, it was really powerful because it's, you start to look at, yeah, if I actually go and approach another human being that could purchase my work or services or whatever, and they say no, it's like, oh yeah, I didn't die. And and to not take it personally. The key yeah. is yeah, yeah, yeah. we take everything personally, but everybody's caught up in their own reality that unfortunately you don't even factor into their reality. <laughs> so <Yeah>. true. <laughs> so if someone isn't interested, it's okay. It's not about you. It's about them. Mm. And I've really come to understand because I also didn't like the idea of getting out there. However, if I can share my passion and positively impact one person, that's all that matters and it's not about me. You've got a big goal though. I have a very, very big goal um, and I sometimes wonder what what I've bitten off. So I would really love to shift the financial paradigm globally. As we all know in our current reality and especially what's happened over the last few years, there's a small few that control the many and a lot of that relates to wealth. So people are used to the one percenters. I believe that we can shift the financial paradigm around wealth, money and success and shift that one percent to 30 or 40 percent and we would live in a completely different reality Mm. because we would have people that are empowered, not fearful. You wouldn't be working for the man. You would be working for yourself and for your fellow man. And it would just be a completely different reality. We wouldn't be working on a fear-based mindset. We would be coming from an empowered-based mindset. And, you know, money and wealth and success is a dirty word and often people are not fearful of failing. They're fearful of succeeding. Mm, So true. Yeah, I fell into that camp. Mm for many years of my life because it was seen as bad and dirty or I was once told that I should just be working at Coles as a checkout chick. (laughs) It's like the greatest insult of my life Mm. but also the most inspiring thing that was ever said to me because I swore in that moment I would never be that. Well, do you know what's interesting? And I've been telling my 16-year-old son this for a long time. Never let anyone's comment that might be five seconds impact the rest of your life. Mm. Because people are very quick to have an opinion, but they don't know you. They don't know your dreams. They don't know your heart. They're just projecting their story inside them, their own insecurities onto somebody else. And it may have been done in a, in their mind in a good way, but ultimately we can achieve whatever is in our heart. 
what stops us are the stories in our mind. Mm. So on that, there are so many people that reach our, our age and are beyond. You know, they might be in their late 60s, 70s, and they're wondering after all these years, I don't know what that is that's in my heart because I haven't paid any attention to it even though you and I, we all know that ultimately it's still sitting there underneath it all. For example, my husband loves what he does, but he did say to me recently, and I love that he owned this. It was really beautiful. He said, I am afraid of no longer or of not doing what I do because I don't know who I am without that. So that men often uh, well, they define identify themselves. themselves based on what they do. Exactly. Their identity is their work. Yeah. Professionals so, do that, not just men. Right. So anytime you're a professional something, whatever that trade or the qualification mm. is, when you ask people, oh, tell me about you, the first thing you say is you define yourself by whatever your career is. Mm. And we identify, you know, I am the the builder, I'm the plumber, I'm the lawyer, I'm the accountant, I'm the whatever the label is. But that's not who you are. That's just a skill that you've attained on your life's journey to where you are now. And it's it's really important to understand the separation because self-worth is often defined by money worth. Mm, so true. But they're they're nothing. To get that they're nothing to do with each other. No. At all. You have a look at a school teacher compared to a influencer who's <laughs> yeah. you know. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> like one is just That's a conversation. You know, a, a heart-centered, dedicated teacher can just creating the future in the students, yeah. Creating the future with the children. Yeah, yeah. But create a trajectory in children that is so empowering. Or disempowering, yeah, depending oh, yes. on the teacher. Was, depending yeah, was, on the teacher. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about the good ones. Um, we don't know the bad ones. And that's the thing. It's that that identity of, well, I don't really earn a lot of money, so that means I mustn't have much worth in what I do. And that's that's the tragedy. How, though, do these people, like teachers is a classic example. A lot of teachers are retiring, the good ones, unfortunately, because they know that it's no longer – Right for them. I've, t- I've and, spoken to a number of them. And less men. There's yes. like a tiny amount of men. Teaching. But how how do these people who have identified as their job, how do they find what that thing is underneath? The first thing that I Good do question. with people is I give them permission to dream. Mm. From four or five years old, we're programmed to sit still, concentrate, stop daydreaming and focus. <sighs> Keep your feet on the ground. Right. Don't get ahead of yourself, that one. <laughs> Stop your daydreaming. I got that a lot. <laughs> Me too. And so it's giving people permission. So what I love to do with clients, and I'm, I may have told you this as well, but you go home and you have a safe space. And normally a bottle of wine helps because Ooh, I love the that. inhibitions or the judgment. So mm-hmm. the voices I like to call the itty-bitty shitty committee. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, that. Write that one down. So shitty committee. What we want to do is we create a safe space. And what we do is two things. Write down what our dreams are and what our desires are. And as those itty bitty shitty committee voices come up, write those down because they're key because they're the limiting beliefs that are stopping you achieving those dreams. Mm. 
Now, people often can't get to the big scary dream straight away because it's been programmed out of them for such a long time. But just by starting, what we're doing is we're giving permission to ourselves to tap in and access that part of us that is the daydreamer, that knows that's the innermost part of us that we shut down and protect from everything. Oh, God, that makes my body Mm. feel so good hearing that. So if we just, and you know, initially it might just be, well, I want to live in a nice home. I want to have no, you know, financial stress. I'd like to have a holiday every year and my husband might want to have all the toys. So that's amazing. And then the beliefs that come up, I'm too old. I don't have enough skill. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. Whatever they are, let's just bring them up. Because if we can at least bring some of those automatic unconscious programs to the surface, we have the choice whether they apply to our lives now. So liken it to the cupboard. So you open the door of the cupboard and suddenly everything in the cupboard you can see. But all of our beliefs we put in this dark cupboard and never open the cupboard to even see what's in there. It's a bit scary, that cupboard. Exactly. But, you know, that's what we think. Mm. But in actual fact, I go, let's turn that cupboard into a filing cabinet. Let's open the filing cabinet and let's have a look at some of those unconscious beliefs that are in that filing cabinet. And if they don't serve us, if they're the beliefs of our parents, our grandparents, our community when we were growing up, we can just take them out and we don't have to live by them anymore. And then we can put in that filing cabinet that beliefs that serve us to achieving our mm. dreams. I love that. Mm. Um, I mean, into visual, you know, yeah. visual is so important. We don't in our mind have a list that we look at. What we do when we dream is how we feel. It's not about the list. It's not about the amount of investment properties or the amount of money in the bank. To me, true freedom is time freedom. True freedom is having the ability to get up every day and do what brings you joy, Yeah. not having to do something to earn income. So true freedom around money may only mean that your wealth portfolio just needs to earn you know, twenty dollars or $30,000. It, it's not people think wealth is this big thing. But in actual fact, financial independence, and Robert Kiyosaki said this, he was financially independent at $1,000 a month because that covered his expenses. Yeah. So again, it's just understanding what are we wanting to achieve? And the more we do the process, because nothing's set in concrete, because as we allow ourselves to dream, our dreams get bigger. So initially it's like you just put a little crack open in the door and you might, you know, have I want to own my car and I want to have a home and I want my kids to go to a private school or I want to have a holiday. And then once you achieve that, it triggers something within you that suddenly you believe maybe I can do this. So the door opens a little wider and then we get deeper into what really makes us happy. So the key thing is to not judge ourselves to write down that list of, you know, lovely talk that everyone has it and often hearing them and acknowledging them, they'll go away. Mm. More than 50% of your limiting beliefs will disappear simply by opening that cupboard door or opening that filing cabinet and piffing them in the bin. So it's, it's a game. We've got to allow ourselves to play because when we play, we're out of our head. When we play, we're in our heart. That's such a profound thing for an accountant to say because it took me so long to find you and you were like my dream, like my daydream, to find someone like yourself to work with. 
because everyone I'd been to was so risk adverse, so lack mentality, so scary. Every time I spoke to them, I never got the answers I was looking for. I was looking for a growth mindset accountant that could help me understand, have financial literacy that I just didn't have. And it was like finding a needle in a haystack. And then I stopped looking and, of course, your name came up and you came into my world and it was so easy from there. And we haven't even really started the journey that I want to start with you yet. Uh, That's still coming. And 2024, look out. So, you know, it's such an exciting opportunity to have someone like you on the planet for the service of the world. Thanks. I, I think I've got a big vision. I'd like to take what I do global because an accountant is a person that tells you what you can't do traditionally. Yes. They regurgitate legislation. They tell you the rules, but they don't really explain to you what the rules mean. They don't tell you how you can do something. So structuring asset protection, money flow or cash flow management, they're all really boring words, but what they do is they put your dream and they encase it in something that will keep it safe. Mm, I love that. So I love to nurture people's dreams. I've been playing around with, you know, what I call myself and the most recent sort of iteration of it is the Wealth Accelerator because I don't ever want to say I'm an accountant. It's simply a skill I have. Mm. It's not who I am. So good. And, yes, I've got a great team of accountants that are very typical, you know, in-the-box accountants, but that's necessary for them to do, you know, the grunt work, the tax returns, the financial statements, all of that stuff. And I've got other accountants that I'm training and, and sharing how I do what I do. So then there's others that will do what I do. We all have a heart. We all have a sense of knowing. We all have intuition. You know, everybody's had that sense of knowing something's right or wrong. It doesn't matter what you believe, everybody's got it. Mm. And I want to hold a space, one, so that my staff can be that, but two, so that clients can also understand that there's nothing that's off the table, everything. When people come to see me, it's not just about your finances. The Mm. finances are one aspect. People are shocked. First thing I say is I don't give a shit about any of that. I want to know what's your dream. I want to know what's in your heart. And they're like, what do you mean? No one's ever asked me that. Okay, I give you permission. I dare you to dream because once I can tap into what that dream is, let's get down to nitty-gritty. Let's create a goal, a long-term goal, which can shift. It doesn't have to be set in concrete. And then let's reverse engineer right back to today. And what needs to be put in place and what do you need to do to achieve that goal? And mm. if, if we don't understand where we're going, we don't really know when to, you know, course correct and change directions. We don't know what the inspired action is. You don't, you know, hop in the car and turn the GPS on and just say, take me wherever you want. We're very clear about an end destination. When we go to a restaurant, we don't say, feed me. We order something very specific off the menu. Oh, yeah, I really like that one. I've not heard Mm. it said that way before. Mm. And it's just the way that we're wired, we are the most amazing creator beings. And I know, and again, you know, sort of starts back from when I was a kid, 
mindset is key. 80% at least of wealth is created inside and then the 20% of inspired action is the result. Yeah, so good. Mm. Such a great perspective. Why do they not teach us at school? Hey, do you love this podcast? How about you share it with your friends and they get to love it too? So that brings us to where you're going and I would love for you to share what it is that you're creating and and how you're going to be sharing this with the world because I want you to build the biggest list possible for people who are ready and hungry for what you're sharing in the future. There's I've got a very big vision of how I want to shift this financial paradigm. For many years I've been passionate about creating wealth. But what I found is that people could were always getting stuck. They didn't understand money management. School doesn't teach you how to manage money. And the other thing is you don't have to be a business owner, but a business owner makes it easier to create wealth because you've got an asset. So you may be an employee, but you may be amazing at crypto or share trading or CFD or covered calls or options or any of those things. You may be fully you know, employed and have an amazing property portfolio. Or you may not be employed, you may be self-employed and run your own business. So I work with all sorts of people and I had a conversation yesterday with one of my staff. They asked the question because I was going through a new business that I'm about to roll out and they said, so do we want individual tax returns and how do we help those people? And I said, it's about triggering curiosity. I always ask the question, are you doing what you really love? I'm not making anybody wrong. I'm just planting the seed of curiosity because if you're just an employee and you think that that's all you've got, no, you have a dream. Maybe you want to learn how to trade shares or trade crypto or maybe you want to learn how to create a property portfolio. You like your job but you want to do something outside of that to create your wealth. So there's never a point that you say to me that it can't be done, ever. The key is clear on where you are now and then we draw a line in the sand and say this is the starting point for you to turn your dreams into goals and create them as your reality. So it doesn't matter, the key thing, the key message, it doesn't matter where you are now. You may have business that's failing. Well, let's turn it around. So what I had to do was step back from just creating wealth and then come back to the foundational aspects because money management is really not done very well anywhere in the world. And money management, again, all comes back to mindset. Nobody teaches us how to work out, you know, the ins, the outs, the timing, the priorities. It's not something that we're taught. So that's one area I'm I'm launching a new business probably next year. And what I'm doing this year is um, I'm just about to launch it is a business that will support business owners because business owners forget that their business is one of their biggest assets in their portfolio. But when you're in it and you're working and you're doing the grind and you're pushing, you're exhausted and often you're robbing Peter to pay Paul and you're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week and there's never enough money and your family's falling apart, you don't see your kids like the whole Mm, standard entrepreneurial journey, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's so easy to get those businesses back being successful 
and the business owner shifting their perspective that their business really is an asset and how do we turn it into the golden goose? How do we turn it into a valuable asset and laying golden eggs for you as profit? Oh, who wouldn't want to sign up to that, honestly? <laughs> so this business, it's, it's a, literally it's a full outsourced finance function. Big corporations have a finance team. Entrepreneurs and business owners have a bookkeeper and they have a tax accountant, but there's a big gap in the middle that nothing is being done and that's the management accounting, the cost accounting, the numbers that make decisions for business owners really, really crucial with that information. The amount of people that have a business and they have no clue on their position. They haven't had their tax done from 18 months ago and so any numbers they get are so old they're not relevant. They don't understand the cash flow management. They freak out about GST and BAS and all of these other things. And what I've got the dream to do is give those amazing business owners and entrepreneurs that created their business for a reason their time back. Mm. Give them their passion back. Give them the time so they can go and do what they initially dreamed to do. Turn their business into a profit-making machine that's positively impacting. Create their wealth portfolio. So there's lots of things that, you know, are are in the mix next year or maybe towards 25, I would love to launch a women's mentoring program for women that have been through divorce and, and, you know, they've got some assets and they've got the kids Mm. but they don't know how to create an income stream. Yeah. So there's all these different segments that I'm really passionate um, because I can see the bigger picture. So my big vision is to help everyone create wealth so that they live a life they absolutely love. So they see the magnificence within their own heart and they live a life that is joyful. They're the role models for their kids. The kids are the next leaders of the world, right? Yeah. So it's in all these different aspects. So at the moment um, I do a lot of consulting. My day is mainly spent doing consulting. So I do a lot of one-on-one. But my goal is to get one-to-many because I only have so many hours in the day. So I would like to speak to more than just one person at a time to inspire them to see the goals and the dreams in their heart are okay, to see the magnificence and then to provide the structured framework that allows them to achieve those goals. Is there somewhere people can go to be ready and waiting, like whether it's on a list or something for when you've got this available because I know I'm hungry for it, have been for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, so I know I've- lots of people will. If you go to the website, it's savvy.global, so S-A-V-V-I dot global, and just um, book in for an initial discovery session and from that you are then in the mix, you're part of our client base and then we can share as new things roll out. I'll pop that link in the show notes yeah. for people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's about believing in you. And what I say to clients is I believe in you until you do. And what's mm. wonderful, I can see that you have people's back that you show them. So often people say, I have no idea what the first step is. And that's okay. And then you're able to say either bring it out of them because they actually have it stuffed in a corner because mm-hmm. they're too scared to take that step or you help them to say, there's your first step. Well, do you know the the interesting thing is you can tell me what your dreams are, but I don't have your baggage, right? So I don't have all those voices telling me that you can't do anything. Mm. I just see your potential and I see your dream. And to me, it's a no-brainer. I can see it succeeding. 
So the benefit, the benefit really, and Simon Sinek talks about know your why. Yes. If we know our why, that's our dream. But if we think we can control the how, we take the magic away. So our how in our own mind is like the tip of the iceberg. It's that 10%. But if we surrender the how to someone else and I can be your how, you've got access to the 90% under the water that is the iceberg, the synchronicities, the knowledge, the people that you would never be able to control to bring in. It all just happens and then you're in flow and then you're out of the way. And all you need to do is remind yourself of how amazing you will feel as that dream becomes your reality. Incredible conversation. Yeah. Profound, necessary. I, well, there are no words really. Yeah. Well, especially <laughs> considering, like you said, that uh, the financial stresses on people are heavier than ever, ever really? because of what's happened over the last few years. So to actually have somewhere to go and have a, a plan created, that's all people need. Exactly right. Exactly right. And there is a way. There is, there is always, always a way. way. And, you know, my favourite saying, I've had a lot of people asking me of late, where should I invest my money? The bail-in laws, you know, gold and silver prices and the stock market's going to crash. And I say to them, I find it interesting that you would put your money in someone else. You are your greatest asset. If you invest in yourself, I guarantee the returns you will get will be infinite. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Just opening that door for people that's like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, exactly. We stand on a mountain of value and we have no idea. We don't look down. We look at everyone else's mountains of value and see theirs Mm. and forget to look down. True. (laughs) Guilty. Such wisdom, Martine. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. It is very welcome. Priceless Mm. to sit with you and to hear your wisdom. And I'm so excited that the world is going to get an opportunity to experience this over the next couple of years as you roll out your plan. You are a woman of your word. You do what you say you're going to do. And I anticipate that it's going to be even bigger and better than what we're hearing here. So very exciting time. Fingers crossed. Uh, It's just about shifting, you know, shifting the perspective that people have and imagine 40% of the population thinking I can do anything. (laughs) Imagine what that will do. I want to live in that world. Me too. Mm. And I'm on the same journey as everybody else. So no one's perfect. You know, we've all got the skeletons in the closet. We've all got a story and everyone's story to them is the worst that they could have ever experienced. But one thing that I like to say, you look at the billionaires around the planet, most of them have been bankrupt, lost everything multiple times. So it doesn't matter what has been in your past. What matters is that you touch the dream, you be in your heart, and you want to live a life of joy and have others also living a life of joy around you. Perfect. Beautiful. Thanks, Martine. Thank you. Hey, rate and review us and we'll love you even more. Thanks for joining this podcast. Want to take the conversation further and learn more about how to live an energised and pain-free life as you age? Then jump into our website at agerebels.com 
www.aagerevolution.com.au. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Age Rebels Revolution.